Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply, it's Chicago Bullsing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network. Wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensure you don't miss another episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the bell, give us a thumbs up and leave some comments down below. I'm Matt and as you can see, just me, Neil, obviously, as you all know, still on holiday. Um, basically, I'm doing this episode as a. We've obviously not been able to put any episodes out while Neil's been away. Uh, I've put a couple of audio only out. Been trying to do the YouTube, um, just to keep the content there for us. So, here we are. Finally figured it out. Hopefully, um, if you've listened to the previous episode that I put out earlier today. You will have heard, obviously, a bit of input from Neil. Um, give my sort of quick opinion on what he was saying. But because it was only a quick one to, to sort of keep us current as such, I thought I'd dive a little bit more into what I had to actually say in it and stuff like that. Um, and like I say, it's an opportunity for me to to have a, have a play around with everything what Neil normally does in terms of editing and stuff like that so so i'll start with the latest news as we usually do um basically the latest news is as i sort of did sort of announcing the or suggesting the the earlier episode chicago bulls have unveiled officially unveiled the city edition jerseys obviously they've put the photo shoots out with it the video explaining the meaning behind certain parts on it, like the the Madhouse at Madison, Madhouse on Madison. Um, obviously, it's all to do with the, the original stadium and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sure you've all seen it, the video. Sure, sure, you've all seen the pictures. Probably saw all the leaked pictures as well. Um, personally, I'm not a fan. It's very, very bland, and very basic. I do kind of, when you see the video with the meaning and stuff like that, and you see it on the players, 
it does look better. Uh, obviously, it's got the Motorola uh, sponsor on it as well, rather than the leaked one where it's quite plain. Um, it's obviously got the Chicago sort of going vertically. It, yeah, it's to me they should just stop now with the city jerseys. Um, there's clearly running out of ideas. I imagine I can only imagine it is quite hard to have to create these new jerseys once a year with some sort of meaning and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we've already got three jerseys. And why do we need another one just to play nine games in it? You know, it's clearly just a money-making thing for, obviously, Nike as it is at the minute. Um, you know, on that, the merch that's alongside it does look pretty good, just as long as it's not got the Chicago down the side. Um, so I'm obviously a hat guy, as anyone who knows me knows. I like the look of the logo, the sort of the painted effect. So well, as soon as I see the cap, as long as it's a decent looking one, I'll probably be buying that. That'll be about as much as I do, to be fair. Um, I'm not really a jersey guy, um, so I'm, I'm not somebody who's going to go out and spend 90 quid on it. If anything, I'd get one off DH Gate for 20 quid, um, and that's probably about as much as it's worth looking at it anyway. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for the latest news. Um, obviously, games are going on. Give in the last episode my quick. I mean, we haven't been doing game reviews as such, so it was a, an overall of the five games. And one thing that both me and Neil have said, and we've said time and time again, is this Bulls team just is not set for three the three point game. Um, and I've looked into it a little bit more today. All right, yeah, it's a small sample size. Uh, we know the problems we had last year. Uh, been what was it, twenty eighth in the league in attempts or whatever it was, bottom of the league, whatever it was. And yeah, it's a small sample size to start the season, five games. But if you look at it, you can if you're watching the games. Yeah, they've tried to change the shot profile, which was basically throwing threes. And as I said in the earlier episode today, that's all well and good, as long as you've got different players there. And the main players who were taking them are the same players that were taking them last year. And it it just, as I said, if you, you're running the same thing with the same players, you kind of got to expect the same results. And as a team at the minute, Bulls in through the five games have attempted 159 threes, hitting 48 of them, which gives them a, a percentage of just over 30, which is 28th in the league. In terms of attempts, all right, they're 17th in the league. Um, however, there's only the teams below them, another two teams who have played five games, and that's uh, Detroit and Portland. Everyone else is on either four or three. So we're soon going to drop down in attempts as well. Just after tonight's round of games, probably tomorrow's round of games, when other teams have started playing more. You know, if... I don't know who's playing tonight, but I know the Pistons are. Obviously, it's going to be another game for them. They're going to be on the sixth game. They're bound to put up possibly another 33s 
even just 20, that puts them above Bulls. The, the worst team in the league for, at the minute, seemingly looking through the stats, is Portland. Um, you know, so, but they're a young, inexperienced team. And, you know, so when you look at that from a Bulls point of view, have we really improved just because we're throwing more up? When you look at the fact we're 28th in percentage or, at, at, you know, obviously um, success rate, it's something's got to change. And then when you look at the individuals for the, the for the Bulls, you know, you've got, in terms of attempts, the top five players in attempts, we've got Zach, who's attempted 43. Kobe, who's attempted 26. P. Will, who's attempted 16. Caruso, 14. And then you've got Javon, Carter and Vooch on 13. Now, it's... So you've got Zach and Kobe there, the top two sort of attempts for uh, for Bulls. As I said before, I don't think they can play together. And because I think they're similar players and the fact that it's them two that's attempting the most threes, it's... I, don't, I just don't know. You know, I, I think that Kobe should be running that second unit. And if he can put up 26 threes from the, from the bench, from the second unit, however you want to word it, surely it's spreading it out a little bit more rather than it all being in the starters. And then when that second unit come in, all right, yeah, Javon, Caruso and Tory Craig are the sort of the next ones down in terms of attempts. They're not out there to do that, in my opinion. Um, in terms of, obviously, success, Zach has hit 15, Kobe's hit six. Uh, obviously, we know P. Will's having his problems. He's hit two. Crusoe's hit four, and Javon's hit five. Tory Craig's hit five. Ayo's hit five. You know, percentage-wise, I mean, Dale and Terry is actually our highest percent three-point shooter, but he has only shot two, and he's at 50%. You know, Zach is about 35%. Kobe's 22, 23%. P. Will, you know, he's a 40% career shooter. He's currently down at 12. Um, and then Caruso, 29. Javon, 39. Tori Craig, about 41, 42. And you want to see them numbers go up, especially like Zach, you know, Hitting 15 of 43, and he's our main three-point, you know, threat, basically. Like I said earlier, we haven't got a shooter. You know, Zach doesn't seem to know whether he wants to shoot it or, you know, catch and drive. And that's fine, as long as Zach's doing that. But we can't have Kobe trying to do the same thing. We can't have P. Will just doing whatever P. Will's doing, you know. Um, and it's... I say, I'm not a big fan of it. And what's another thing with our three-point game? The players don't seem to follow their own shot. Now, that's one thing I've always said about Dylan Terry. Once he puts it up, he's following it. I imagine Tory Craig's been a little bit similar. 
the rest of the time, everybody's standing around the arc, it goes in, and we don't go for the offensive rebound. And if we do get the offensive rebound, we kick it out and we take another three. As we saw last night against Mavs, with the whole, was it five attempts, and we come, come out with none, like no success out of it. We were getting the boards, kicking it back out, and they were taking a quick shot. Rather than try and run some sort of a play or pass it to somebody else who was in a better position, it was like, I've got to shoot it, I've got to shoot it. And that was one of my fears in pre-season and this whole thing of trying to improve the shot or change the shot profile. It was, we're going to end up with everyone standing around the arc, not really knowing who's doing what. And it's... You know, obviously Caruso, for for example, is looking a bit more confident with his shot. The one for me that really stands out though is Ayo, but obviously he's had very limited minutes. Like I said before, he's he's attempted eleven, he's hit five, he's about forty five percent. So take Dale and Terry out, and obviously apart from Demar, everyone who's attempted over nine, over ten, sorry, Ayo is our best three point shooter. And that kind of goes back to what I said before, that Ayo's looking a lot better at the minute. Um, and, yeah, it's just... Obviously, it's, a, it's always a hot topic for Bulls fans, is this three-point game. And we just don't have one. We're just not good at the three-point game. And until something changes in that team i.e. we bring in a, a proper shooter, I can't see it changing. And the only way I can see it changing internally is running on and off bitting. Give him a chance. You know, even if he plays the Matt Thomas role of where he used to just come on because you needed to put some threes up, you needed to space the floor a little bit. But you know, or from what we've seen of Bitting in across in Europe and the little bit in pre-season is he will defend, he will get himself in the way and he, he will attempt the threes. And he's a pretty decent three-point shooter. He's very, he's got a very smooth shot, but he's also not scared to take the, the crazy-looking Steph Curry-type threes. And he's generally quite successful with it. And this is where the frustration is going to come in because, you know, we just don't... Other teams will play somebody like Bitting. You know, we saw it with Miami playing Max Struess. Bulls would never have played Struess. I know he's come out today and said that he thought you know, there was a chance he could have come back, but there was no interest from Bulls. You know, obviously being from Chicago, blah, blah, blah. But Miami showed that you give these... G League plays these bums, whatever you want to call them, a shot, and they turn into something. Our ball's going to give Bitim a, a chance. At the minute, doesn't look like it. They look like they're still trying to get him used to playing American-style basketball. But at the end of the day, if we don't give him a chance, and we, even somebody like Julian Phillips, I mentioned before, can't see him getting many minutes. But he's right. His three-point shot does need a little bit of work, but he's confident enough to take it. 
And the only way that players like him and Bittim and that are going to improve is getting decent minutes. You know, I'm not saying I want to see him go out there and get 10, 15 minutes because that's not going to happen. But give him some decent minutes in in games. You know, like, but that's what I said before in the earlier episode is we don't control games enough to be able to feel confident in off of Billy to feel confident in giving him a run. And, yeah, it's just, that, that's it. to me, that's the only way we can improve internally is giving Bittim a run. Otherwise, we're going to have to try and sign somebody else who is a shooter. You know, And like I said in the earlier episode, they don't necessarily need to do a lot else. And it kind of takes me on to this whole, the, the line-up, situation as well which I spoke about earlier obviously the big talking point at the minute is P. Will or Tory Craig to start at the four you could possibly throw Caruso in there as well now I've compared P. Will and Tory Craig over the, the five games that we've had and to be fair stats wise there's not a lot of difference I test wise, Tory Griggs destroying it. Do you know what I mean? He's, um, but as me and Neil both sort of said in the earlier episode, neither of them seem to be the answer. You know, uh, I love what Tory Griggs doing at the minute. I love. I've said that all along. He's my uh, bet for the our unsung hero for the season. But his best for me, his best role is coming off the bench because that's he doesn't need. You know what he's going to bring when he comes on. Basically, when we've got P. Will there, we don't know if well what P. Will's going to do. We don't know if he's going to turn up. We don't know if he's going to have a good game defensively. We don't know if he's going to have a good game offensively. Yeah, so just looking at them stat-wise, and apologies for looking down, because obviously I've had to write them down, but through the five games, uh, P. Wills played 112 minutes and Tory Craig's played 105. Obviously, P. Wills been getting the starts. Um, we saw against Pacers where Tory Craig probably didn't get as many minutes as probably would have done due to getting that elbow. Um in terms of like the main stats, point-wise, P. Will scored 20 points through the five games. Tory Craig's got 29. Uh, turnovers, P. Will's six, Tory Craig three. Blocks, P. Will two, Tory Craig three. Steals, and this is where P. Will sort of takes it, seven, Tory Craig three. Assists, P. Will seven, Tory Craig three. Now, this is the one really stands out to me and it's where everyone's saying they want P. Will to be better. Rebound. P. Will, 16. Tory Craig, 24. Defensive rebound-wise, P. Will, 12. Tory Craig, 13. So, you know, offensive rebounds, Tory Craig's destroying it. You know, and that is what kind of leads into what I said about the whole players chasing the shot 
players chasing other people's shots. Tory Craig's obviously doing that, and whether the, the three point shots, mid range shots, whatever it happens to be, um, is creating second chance points or opportunities. Uh, P will not, you know, it's one thing that really annoys me with P will is his lack of rebounding, and you know to. The eight eight rebounds more from Tory Craig in seven minutes played or less played. You know, that's what I mean with Tory Craig. You know what you're gonna get. You know he's gonna give a hundred percent. He's he's tough. He's he's not scared to get his body in there. And this way, you know, I'd have to say P Will's just gone regressed past passive at the minute, and. I know I've said a couple of times now I'm sick of talking about P. Will. And this is why, because he's he's in year four now and people are still trying to treat him like he's a rookie. And, you know, it. yeah, all right, you missed year two, well, a lot of year two with that injury, but off the top of my head, the top game, the biggest game people's had, meaningless games against Timberwolves when they rested the starters. Um, against Nuggets in pre-season, who cares? It was pre-season. At the time, after pre-season, everyone was obviously saying, "Oh yeah, this is P. Will. He's going to do this. He's going to do that." And I just said, "Well, is he going to do it next Wednesday against OKC?" No. Has he done it since the OKC game? If anything, it's got worse. All right, he's having the odd good game defensively to a degree, but even his defence at times isn't looking the same. And I quickly listened to um, Bulls talk before and Kevin Anderson said on there, if you're going to have offence like Dennis Rodman, you need to have defence like Dennis Rodman. And that's not what P. Will's doing at the minute. He's having offence like Dennis Rodman, as in no point. And his defence is just... It's not... Especially rebound-wise, is not Dennis Rodman standard by any means. And... I think, you know, that's obviously the main talking point in the lineups, but... The other one that is now creeping in is it should Kobe be in the starting lineup, and I don't think it's a knock on Kobe to drop to that second unit. I have said that all along. I just think that both Kobe and P will, especially when they're together in that second unit, you know Kobe seems to give P will a different type of confidence. We saw it. Um, I think it was in the Pacers game where he sort of spoke to him before it and you know they're obviously really good friends and stuff like that and everyone was saying from before pre-season put them in the second unit let them cook in that second unit and it just kind of feels that's the way it's got to go but it, if you were to drop P. Will and bench P. Will now it kind of feels like that's where he's going to stay it doesn't seem to take it personal 
is just it seems to be still happy that he's there. Whereas if you drop Kobe to the bench, you could see Kobe taking it personal, and you could see him wanting to get back into that starting lineup and be that starting point guard. And that's where the issue for me comes in. Kobe's not a point guard; he's a combo guard. You know, if anything, he's very similar to Zach. And I know Hayes has put an episode out today at uh, Chicago Bulls Central where he said that he feels that Kobe and DeMar can't be on the court at the same time. And obviously he's probably looked into it a lot more than I I have, you know, stat-wise and stuff like that. And that, obviously my opinion is Kobe shouldn't be out there with Zach. Hayes is saying that Kobe and uh, DeMar don't work. And before pre-season or during pre-season, I said we haven't seen enough of Kobe alongside DeMar and Zach. And now we are seeing it. Doesn't look like it's working. So, yeah, I mean, obviously that's just my opinion. Um, I'm trying not to hate on P. Will too much. I know when Neil does eventually join me for an episode, we're probably going to have that discussion in a lot more depth because I know that he is pretty much the only person left on Peewell Island at the minute. He just won't give up on him. Um, I know it's upsetting him that that sexy rainbow three is not there. Um, I know he was quite upset by it last night. You know, and... Yeah, I mean, so far this season, I've only been able to say, say it Neil twice. And, you know, it's... Yeah. <laughs> like I say, obviously, that's for further down the line when Neil eventually comes back. Um, obviously, we did give our quick predictions just to finish this one off. Um going to talk a little bit more about tomorrow's game now against Nets. Nets currently sit 2-2. Two and two. They lost to Cavs and Mavs uh, in their first two games, and then they beat Hornets and Heat. Now, I've said for, uh, well, since last season or during pre-season or off-season, whatever, that on paper, we should finish above Nets. You know, after they got rid of uh, KD, Harden, Kyrie, all that, they don't look the same. But, Ben Simmons is having a all right kind of return. Um, Cam Thomas just keeps coming off in the, into the starting lineup and the bench, whatever it is he's doing, and dropping big amount of points. Um, obviously Bridges. I know Cam Johnson's out injured at the minute. You know, and they're a team I expect us to beat, as both me and Neil have said, and that's our predictions for it. But we have to turn up. We're not just going to beat them by stepping on the court, and that's kind of where we were last year with a lot of teams. I think we thought we'd won the game before we'd actually played the game, and the players need to they just need to step up. Every every one of them needs to step up, from Zach down to Ayo, because. Otherwise, this season is going to end up running away from us, in a way. You know, obviously, t tomorrow's game, 
is the first of the in-season tournaments. Like I said before, we're going to have the red court, the City Edition jerseys. <laughs> Don't fancy the look of it all to put together, but you know, what do we want to achieve from this in-season tournament? You know, it to me, the most important thing is getting the win for the regular season. I'm not really bothered about this in-season tournament. If if we win, obviously we're going to, well, it puts us further into progressing with Magic, Raptors and Celtics coming up. Yeah, if we get through to the, the next stage, yeah, fine, fair enough. But the most important thing is what it does to our, you know, our ranking and our, um, you know, we want to be above 500. If we win tomorrow, we're back to being 500. And then we've got Nuggets, which, you know, and then next week we've got Suns and Jazz. And, you know, it, it is a tough start to the season. So these sort of games where, clearly, to me on paper, it's clearly a winnable game. We have to win it. And I don't care how we win it. If we only attempt 23s, but everything else goes to plan, so be it. But that's the thing. We have to piece everything together. And we need to sort this maths problem out that Bulls seem to have. So, yeah, um, like I say, this episode, I'll wrap it up there. It was just basically to see if I could get the YouTube going again, um, because we don't want to don't want to lose the sort of ground we were starting to build on YouTube, um, and the same as putting the episodes out. You know, trying to keep as up to date as I can with it all, so that we can actually talk about individual games, and obviously more so when Neil's back. We're not going back week and week and week you know we, we could just go back to the last game or whatever it happens to be um which we've said before it's hard for us to do here in the uk because like obviously we've got nuggets at nets tomorrow and nuggets saturday um i think it's um suns or jazz whichever way around it is on monday so there's potentially three games that are going to happen that before a next episode comes out from us so, yeah, I'm just trying to keep us up to date as I can. Um, appreciate everyone who's listened. And if you are on YouTube, thanks for watching. Um, and don't forget, hit the thumbs up, uh, hit the thumbs up, hit the bell and leave comments. Let me know what you think of my opinions on the three point game. Um, so, yeah, like I say, thanks for listening. It is just a bit of a catch up episode again and practice episode, whatever you want to call it. Like I say, we'll be back next week, hopefully, on YouTube now I've sorted it out. And if not, definitely an audio one. Possibly with more input from Neil as well, um, depending if he's stopped enjoying himself in Orlando or not. So, yeah, and uh, as, as always, you can find Neil on Twitter, at NeilCRedUK. You can find me on Twitter, at MattCRedUK. And you can find us on all the socials at C-Red UK. And until next time, C-Red people.